So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this episode is going to be about, uh, well, actually, introverts and extroverts once again, because uh, we haven't finished this article by the TED Talks, or actually ideas.ted.com website. And therefore, we're going through this one. Um, hopefully, it's going to be amazing. You know, the past few, actually, the past two ones were quite great. But yeah. See you after the kind of fake intro. Well, it's actually not a fake intro, but see you after the intro. <laughs> I'm extremely fucking pumped to be here. It's just really amazing. It really is. You know, I'm just also pretty grateful and glad that I'm sitting here. I'm able to record my episodes. I'm able to just put out stuff that I'm passionate about and put out my fucking words. It is amazing. Like, it really is amazing. It just feels great, you know, it's just what I like to do. But yeah, um, the lighting should be a little bit better because I've actually, you know, once again used my small little light that I'm actually having, but quite, that I'm never using. Why? I don't actually know, you know, it is quite interesting why I don't use it, but it is pretty great, you know. Um, well, yeah, I think we shouldn't just waste any time any longer. But I do just have to see why I can't... Well, now it's gone. Because I wasn't able to close the chess game that I had open. Because on the Mac, you know, and all just Mac OS devices, you do just have chess uh, pre-installed, which is, you know, pretty great for me. Because, you know, I'm not playing any games any longer. Because I've actually kind of... Well, maybe I've re replaced that, uh, that habit, you know, which is somehow a correlation to and or somehow an anecdote to the other summary that we, well, actually article that we're going through at the time, which is about habits. So if you're just really interested in habits and how you can form habits and um, how to trigger habits and all these things, I'm currently going through an article from James Clear, I guess the habit master himself, um, the author of Atomic Habits, and it is quite an amazing article. And it's just, I think, pretty valuable and it just gives away a lot of value as well. So therefore, if you're interested in this one, just click on my profile if you're on YouTube or click on my profile if you're on various um, podcast websites, whether it be Spotify or it be CastBox or whatever it is, and just look it up. You know, there should be habit somewhere in the title so that you can even spot it. But yeah, um, it is actually here, which is amazing. By the way, um, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please subscribe would be amazing for me. And just seeing once again that, well, now it's gone. I don't know why. But if you haven't subscribed yet, or if you aren't subscribed yet, subscribe now. There are going to be just videos every single day. And as well for the podcast, if you haven't been subscribing to the podcast, I'm sorry, please subscribe. Thanks a lot. Would just mean the fucking world to me. But yeah, um, actually, we should just go ahead with the article. I, by the way, hope that the audio quality is somehow good. I'm not using my blanket at the time. I don't know why. I should maybe... I should maybe do it uh, just because I'm also having it. Therefore, there's no fucking reason for me not using it. Besides the fact that it is just... <laughs> pretty strange to sit here in the deepest fucking summer having a blanket on your desk just to, well, um, restrict the whole echo to bounce off of various things that are in my fucking room there. Um, 
especially because, well, yeah, never <laughs> yeah, this should be okay right now. So I'm just going ahead with the reading part. So, yeah, um, Anderson says, can you talk more about the introvert versus extrovert issue at work? I know you've been got fairly passionate about you've got fairly passionate opinions about how offices could and should be organized. Kane says, before I started writing, I had been a lawyer, which is quite interesting, I would say, or I just have to say because, well, actually, the translation from being a lawyer to just being a writer is just, or being a writer, actually, is just a pretty, I think, a pretty weird transition, actually. But yeah, um, at least back then, it was a standard or standard that lawyers had their own offices. So I had this lonely little space looking out at the state of liberty, which which should be or could be, I think, a pretty great place to be, isn't it? Like, you know, I don't know what the architecture is or I don't know um, how the buildings there, but I, I could assume or I'm actually assuming that um, they're also not pretty cheap, you know. But yeah, it would be amazing if you notice put it down in the comments, other people will also benefit from it, which is the great part about it. You know, it is really not only about me and me just knowing more about it, but it is definitely also about other people that are watching this fucking video or are going to watch this fucking video and are going to contribute off of it. But yeah, so then I started writing quiet and I went and I plopped myself in Silicon Valley for a while when I was doing research. I figured this I figured this is gonna be the place that will be a nirvana for introverts, so I wanna see what they are doing right. The first thing I found is in company after company, they were all situated in these big open office plans with really no space to get away. In those days, it was really not okay to critique that type of plan. These people I was interviewing would whisper to me and tell me, I can't focus, I can't I can't get anything done, but I don't want to tell my boss because I'm afraid that I won't be seen as a team player. They would say, is there any research that you have that you could give me that maybe I could show my boss in an empirical type of way? Well, just it just must be pretty fucked up, isn't it? Like, you know, when you're just so feared that something bad is going to happen just because you want to raise your fucking voice, well, it really doesn't feel that good. I just assume that it is actually the case for a lot of people or a lot of people thinking about it in this particular way. Yeah. Um, and I thought, uh, this is really interesting. I started looking into it and I found there was this mountain of research. This is back in 2006 and 2007. There was lots of data showing that when you have people in open offices, they are less productive and they have trouble focusing and ironically, they have more trouble forming close connections, which actually I think is the whole plan or the whole thinking about, well, having open office spaces. You know, I kind of really, I really think about them as just those typical American kind of office places. I don't know if you do just have a wrong picture of them or from them or whatsoever. It's like really like, well, yeah, um, I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually typical or not, but I just assume it somehow is just, you know, by what you see in movies and whatsoever. Uh, in Europe, I guess, let me let me see. Now, and in these places where I have actually been working, it, it was some something in between. You know, the thing was, I haven't been working in just really big corporations yet, but... Um, where I have been working, which actually were two companies. The first one was somehow um, actually a coffee company um, selling, I think, software for roasteries. 
if I remember correctly. And I think it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had. Well, and the most valuable ones, because in the end, because I was actually working in the uh, marketing department they had, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, the, the actual thing that I needed was something for my graphic design internship, because I do just have to uh, have eight weeks of internship so that I can actually get into fifth grade. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I think it is a pretty great kind of thing, you know, to just force people to do just internships because um, the possibility is pretty high that you're just getting a lot of experience and you're seeing a lot of things that are pretty valuable, you know, from a perspective of having experience. But um, it was also pretty amazing, you know, in this coffee, coffee roastery thing, just well, not while, you know, I was working. It was quite boring work. It was just only about data. Basically, the thing that I was doing is gathering data from Facebook, from, from other sites, so they have the data. The thing is, you know, the boss there just, well, I think it was actually only the boss of the marketing department, but also somehow a co-founder. I, you know, I haven't gotten it just back in the days that much and you know the best part about this whole thing was that I just was forced to speak English because he was actually I think he was actually Irish if I remember correctly but I'm I'm not really quite sure but yeah um the thing is it was quite amazing in the end because he said like okay you know you're doing a job that is very very important for us and I thought like well you know I'm a fucking internship guy it just doesn't have to be so or it must not be so kind of important what I'm doing here. But in the end, at least today, I understand it was really fucking important because I think these were just the, the you know, I was gathering phone numbers and emails and uh, addresses and whatsoever. And I guess these places or these people were actually then the people that were selling the product to, which was in the end very fucking important that they actually get the data. You know, nowadays data is just so fucking valuable. And, you know, back in the days, I haven't just understood it because I was pretty young. I think it was three, three to four years ago. Yeah, some something like this. I think it was actually three years ago, um, which, you know, doesn't seem to, to be just that long ago. But as I think about it now, it was just pretty interesting because it was also telling me about the long tail thing. I, um, which I've also been just gathering more information about just, uh, I think two months ago or something, where I've actually finished um, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. is an amazing book. Um, sometimes a little hard to understand, at least for me as a non-native speaker, but yeah, it is still a pretty great book. But let's actually go ahead, because I do want to give you as much value and as much information there is. So let's see. Um, so if you think about it, the currency of getting to know someone someone well is that you are sharing information with them that you might not share with everybody else around you. But if everybody is hearing everything you say, there is not as much of an opportunity to develop those connections. I started talking about it and boy, did that touch a nerve with people. Um, well, I assume so. <laughs> because I guess, you know, the whole open space thing must be one of the things that just people were so kind of, um, well, they, they thought about it as like, you know, this is the only thing, it's the best thing and whatsoever. But in the end, it is actually not, as we can see right now. Or maybe it's just also because of, well, having an, an office for everybody, just so letting everybody have his or her own office costs a fucking load. Like, it is just really expensive, I assume. Um, and having just big spaces with a lot of people in, 
just seems to be pretty great. You know, I just really know now why I have been thinking about it as just something typically American, I guess, because Gary Vee in his office in at least, I know, in, in New York, there's also so fucking big spaces with such a lot of people in there. Um, well, maybe there are actually corporations with way more people in, but, you know, it's it was like, wow, you know, maybe I just am so kind of used to just seeing those relatively small spaces maybe just because you know typically in america they're just very big corporations and i haven't had a look into them yet so so i don't know if i'm just if i'm just used to something different but it was quite interesting as i'm thinking about it right now you know as i've been seeing them i was i was like i quite thought about nothing you know i was rather just really taking care of of me understanding everything that gary was saying because i thought like well this information that i'm getting here is very important which is also very important. The thing is, I don't know, you know what she's saying that just totally makes sense. You know, it is just, it really makes sense. The thing is, should we do it differently? I don't know. Like, I'm not in a position, I think, to actually judge that, you know. But yeah, let's move ahead. Anderson, indeed. Well, I touched a nerve with me, or it touch a, a nerve with me, sorry. Do you see a best of both worlds possibly in creating workspaces? Kane says, the best of both worlds would be a workspace where it is a combination of social spaces and lots of private spaces that people can access to as they need them. And that you can move freely back and forth between those spaces throughout the day. Well, yeah. You know, I do believe that just having your own space and just being for your own or on your own for a little bit, just actually for work itself, is pretty important. Like, of course, just having your colleagues around, and especially if you're just in a team, it is very important, you know, that you can access them all the time and whatsoever, and that you do not just pretty much well have to ask them if you can approach them or something, um, which is, I think, the case if it's an open space. And if you do just have their own office or they're just kind of private space, you do just have to well make sure that you can enter the space and whatsoever. So, so I don't know, like, I don't know, I think there's so many variables also just in terms of how the person is and what person it is, that's, well, yeah, I know that it just really comes up to, to every situation, quite. Um, Anderson says, what would you say to someone who says, it is true that some people hate open offices, but there's a lot of things that people would like in their office or would like in their work. It is actually good for people to feel a little bit of discomfort at work. That's how people open up and discover stuff that wouldn't otherwise have happened. I don't know. But Kane answers, I would say two things. One, look at the data. This isn't only about, well, let's just make employees as happy and comfortable at all times as possible. It is also about, well, how how do you want people to be more to be most focused and most productive. I really do believe in the serendipity of people chatting with each other, so even in my ideal world, it would be designing office spaces where there is plenty of space for people to do that. I'm just saying, protect the other side of human needs as well. If you think of this in terms of, of stimulation, uh, for all of us, whether we are introverts or extroverts, our, our craving for stimulation fluctuates throughout the day. You want people, when they are at the moment, you want people when they are at the moment where they need s stimulation and you want them to have access to a nice social space and the moment that they need to chill out, you want them to have access 
to that phone booth because it's how they're going to be most productive and the happiest. But I'm going to say also there's a big point beyond office spaces, which is people often think I'm saying no one should ever be uncomfortable anytime ever. I'm actually a huge believer in people stepping outside the comfort zones and doing the stuff that is difficult. In fact, I would never have given a TED talk if I didn't believe that. But I believe in doing that really strategically. I just also have to say, like, you just really have to be strategic with those things, you know. Actually, you know, putting people into this comfortable kind of zones or these comfortable spaces, I guess, could also just backfire quite a lot. Like, if you're just doing it too much, if people are really not those people who like it that much, not at least as much as you would them like to do it, I guess it could just really backfire. And this is what I want to say. You know, it could just really backfire, at least I believe it could. You know, the thing is like, yeah, you know, I do also just have to say, and it's a little bit sad that they are not talking about it. I think you do just also have to think about costs. Like, not every... The thing that is, well... Hmm. the problem there is I guess we are rather talking about relatively big corporations and our businesses and whatsoever because having big office office spaces just well leads to having a lot of employees and uh, well small businesses usually do not have such a lot of employees but maybe still open office spaces so I don't know you know if this size also just makes a difference I assume it does but I don't have the data you know this is a problem that I'm seeing there at least for me but um, well yeah like I think it's just completely different from situation to situation therefore I guess for one corporation with their employees it might be one way and for one corporation with their employees it might be another way you know the whole generalization thing is uh, actually something that I've been talking about quite often before before and I think it's it's quite something that a lot of people are doing that I wouldn't necessarily say that it is good just because well yeah like you know just we're all individuals and this is i think in the next 10 years i'm gonna just pound it into the fucking heads of people that we are all individuals because it is very important in very different ways like in this way okay having open office spaces or much much more private spaces well it also comes up to to who the ceo is and how he or she decides it of course there's data but like it is data like it's not applicable to to everyone and you know even though it, data is made for this kind of purposes that you can just make decisions based on them well yeah well yeah <laughs> enough being um energetic i guess i think i don't know never mind um anderson talk about the talk uh, are you an introverted person and you were terrified of public speaking. So you are an introverted person, which is a statement. I assume that it is a question. And you were terrified of public speaking. So how did you manage that? Kane says, I was flat out terrified. <laughs> and I'm not going to give you the secret to overcoming any fear. In this case, it happens to be the fear of public speaking. The answer is that you have to expose yourself to the thing that you fear, but you have to do it in a really small, you have to do it in really small doses. So you can't start out by giving the TED talk in my, you can't start out by giving the TED talk. In my case, I went and signed up for a seminar on public speaking anxiety. All you had to do on the very first day is show up, say your name, sit back down and declare victory. 
And then you would go back the next week and you would do a little bit more, a little bit more and a little bit more. It's the most amazing thing how you can extinguish a fear that way. The great irony is I now, I now have this crazy career as a public speaker where I'm constantly going and speaking to companies, organizations and schools. If you've told me that one week before giving the TED talk, I would have thought that was a crazy prediction. And now it's not a big deal. The part that I left out is, it is not only about extinguishing fears, but it is also, I care so much about what I'm saying and about sharing these ideas, that even at the moments where my butterflies come back, I always say to myself, I'm sure there is at least one person in this audience who may be a better parent to their child, or they're gonna be a better boss at work as a result of what I say. So I'm going to do it for that one fucking person. Actually, something that Gary Vee also talks about sometimes. And actually something that I should maybe also think about as well. The thing is, we're not producing content. Or at least I'm not trying to produce content for everyone. Still, I the facets, are, facets are relatively wide, I would say. Relatively kind of just widely spread um, of what I'm doing here. Like, I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff just because I'm interested in a lot of stuff. I've been also thinking about just doing some gaming shit because I've been a gamer and or I've been playing games um, for actually quite a long time, you know, as me being a child. Oh my God. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, therefore, why should, shouldn't I do it? You know, the thing is, we all have multiple passions, I would say. You know, I have a passion for design. I have a passion for speaking. I have somehow a passion for English as a language as well. And I do just also have a passion for games. You know, originally, I had this passion. And I think I still have it. The thing is, I've actually restricted myself from, from playing games. I don't know if it was a good decision. Maybe I've just replaced the habit of playing games with the habit of sitting here and just talking about those things that I'm so fucking passionate about. It could always be the case. I do not know. Could it be the case. But there's something that I've left out as well, um, which I think we'll just go through relatively quickly. So you can listen to this rest of the conversation on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you stream or download or wherever you stream or download podcasts. Susan Kane is one of the guests in a TED interview's second season. Other interviewees include Bill Gates, Monica Lewinsky, Tim Ferriss, um, I'm, I'm very sorry that I'm not able to pronounce his name, but Juval Noah Harari. Maybe, I guess it is a rolled R, maybe not. It could also be uh, Juval Noah or, or Noah Harari or Harari. I don't know. I do just, maybe I should just actually look that up because a pretty amazing author. I know the author of uh, Homo Deus or Homo Dois. I don't know. And, um, a little story of humankind or whatever it was called. Just pretty amazing books. Amazing books on future things. Amazing books on, on past things actually as well. Relatively amazing. And I should actually, I think, go through a summary of it. Maybe even afterwards. I could do that. I still just have to finish up the kind of habit thing. But it would be nice to actually go through something else as well. Well, yeah. And David Brooks, Amanda Palmer, Kei-Fu Lee or Kai-Fu Lee. Uh, Sylvia Earle, Andrew McAfee. <laughs> is it the guy from McAfee? Like, you know, the software that you have for uh, anti or anti-virus things? Is it this? You know, because I don't know. Could actually be the case. You know, it would be just... Uh, never mind. And Johan Harry or Harry, whatever. And there's actually the video or... I think it is not the full video of, 
of her TED talk, but I assume, but it could be, I don't know, I don't know. I might even just react to another TED talk just in the relatively near future, but I don't know, like, it's a thing that I, I kind of feel like while doing them, I do just have to actually put in quite an hour into this, into this kind of video, just because I think in, well, it also depends on how long the video is. If the video is somehow six minutes long, it could definitely work because I just still want to talk about shit as well. Like, I just want to give as much value as I fucking possibly can. Or just give you, or just talk about as many things that I'm thinking about so that that might, you know, that might lead you to think about the other various things that you wouldn't have been thinking about without what I've been saying or what I had been saying. Well, English English is a difficult language. Actually not, you know, German is a little bit more difficult, I would say, to learn, actually. But yeah, but this is actually the end of this article, and it has been a quite a great article. How to teach a young introvert. Pretty interesting. You know, the thing The thing that is a little bit boring me about the ideas.ted.com website is that, um, that there are so many great articles, but I can't fucking find them because, of course, there's a, sh- a search thing and, of course, there is um, some categories, but you can't find a list of every single article there is, which is a little bit, like, sad, I have to say, just because, like, I do just want to see all of them. I don't know, like, it's it's complicated. But, yeah, I think I'm going to end this episode there just because... Can, can I please? Thank you. Um, just because 25 minutes is, I think, a pretty great time span to be here on. But yeah, um, I wish you the best helpful happiness and success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on how you gonna be remembered. So basically, your legacy. And yeah, um, because we totally have it in our control. It is in our hands, even though we can't serve everyone. Something that I really do just want to push as well. Like... Not everyone's gonna like me, not everyone's gonna like you, not everyone's gonna like, gonna love me, especially not gonna love me or gonna love you, whatever you're doing, or no matter what you're doing, it's just what it is, I guess. But yeah, I see you the next time. Thank you very much for listening and or watching, it depends. And if you haven't been subscribed, or if you haven't subscribed, subscribe now, you're not gonna regret it, there's gonna be just a lot of fucking content. And also, there has been a lot of fucking content already. (laughs) By that being said, I see you the next time.